welcome to At the Jazz Band Ball. This is a podcast about jazz music from the first half of the 20th century. I'm Kevin McLaughlin. It's great to have you along. taste of Django Reinhardt in You Rascal You from 1937. Django was a real giant in jazz and one who still casts a long shadow over jazz guitarists today. Django certainly didn't have it easy even though he made it sound easy and it seems like guitarists as a group all succeeded in spite of some long odds. Looking at jazz guitarists of the 20s, 30s, and 40s today at At the Jazz Band Ball, I'm Kevin McLaughlin. Should be a good one. Hope you'll stay tuned. Scott Yano said about the jazz guitar that its history could be divided into three separate struggles. The struggle to be included, the struggle to be heard, and finally the struggle to establish a distinct role in the music. The guitar was considered more of a novelty instrument associated with country and folk music and frankly was just too quiet Jazz players preferred the banjo for its ability to cut through an ensemble. But in the late 20s, the guitar began to displace the banjo because the guitar was better at voicing chords with greater harmonic complexity because it had six strings instead of five. And its more muted tone, which was before perceived as a weakness, was now a strength because it could blend so well with the upright bass, which had now taken over the tuba's role in jazz. We're going to start our look at jazz guitar with Eddie Lang, the father of jazz guitar. He was one of the first and one of the most beloved, and some still say one of the best. We're going to hear Melody Man's Dream from 1927, Eddie Lang on guitar and Frank Signorelli on piano. Thank you. 
Eddie Lang guitar and Frank Signorelli played piano there in that recording of Melody Man's Dream from 1927. Well, Eddie Lang, born Salvatore Massaro in 1902 in Philadelphia, his father was an instrument maker, maker of violins and fretted instruments, and taught young Salvatore his first lessons on the violin. And then Eddie would later switch to banjo uh, and eventually guitar. Well, Eddie had little formal education and couldn't read music, but he was a quick study who could play anything by ear, and he was especially in high demand as an accompanist to some of the most popular singers of his time, including Bessie Smith and Bing Crosby. The violinist Joe Venuti and Eddie became a team. They were classmates in Philadelphia together, both playing violin in the school orchestra. And in 1926, Joe Venuti and Eddie Lang started recording together. So a violin-guitar duo about 10 years before Django and Stefan Grappelli made it cool. Here is an early Venuti-Lang collaboration from 1926. This is Black and Blue Bottom.
Some nice playing there from both Joe Venuti violin and Eddie Lang, the first of our guitarists in this survey of early jazz guitarists on At the Jazz Band Ball. That was Black and Blue Bottom, recorded in 1926. Well, sadly, Eddie Lang died very young. He was only 30 when he had uh, laryngitis and didn't know what it was. A doctor recommended a tonsillectomy, and actually Bing Crosby urged him to have the operation. He was assured that it would be routine, but he never awoke from the surgery. He died at the age of 30 in 1933. It's At the Jazz Band Ball. I'm Kevin McLaughlin, and today we're listening to jazz guitarists. And this next guy has a story that is pretty hard to believe, but it's all true. Alonzo Lonnie Johnson, born in 1894 or possibly 1899, they're not sure which, began as a violinist. He's another one who began on the violin in his father's jazz band during the World War I era. And in 1917, Johnson joined a review, a kind of a musical variety act that toured England, returned home in, in 1919 only to find out that all of his family, except his brother James, had died in the 1918 influenza epidemic. Well, after that, Lonnie moved to St. Louis uh, and finished first in a local St. Louis talent contest and won a recording contract for OK Records in 1926, became one of the decade's most popular male blues singers. He pioneered the city blues tradition, this kind of slow blues with often maudlin lyrics, recorded with Louis Armstrong and Duke Ellington on various occasions. And his guitar playing was widely admired. It featured this single-string blues melodies using a pick, including bending notes, and it was widely imitated by guitarists, including Django Reinhardt, Charlie Christian, and then later B.B. King. In 1958, uh, he had kind of gone away from music for a while and was a chef at the Benjamin Franklin Hotel in Philadelphia, and he died in 1970, virtually broke, he was buried in Philadelphia in an unmarked grave until a nonprofit organization called the Killer Blues Headstone Project purchased a headstone for Lonnie Johnson around 2014. Next, we'll hear a duet called Have to Change Keys to Play These Blues. It was a rare interracial record from 1928 with Lonnie Johnson and Eddie Lang, who goes by the pseudonym Blind Willie Dunn as a uh, way to hide his race, but also in tribute to the great blues guitarist Blind Lemon Jefferson. They play together at the beginning, and then Lonnie plays his two solo choruses, changing keys in the middle, as promised, and then Eddie Lang takes a third solo chorus. We'll follow that one with Floodwater Blues from 1937 to give you a chance to hear Lonnie Johnson's singing voice as he accompanies himself in his trademark city blues style, slow and sad.
be satisfied so when I'm gone gal take it easy cause I'm just worrying you off of my mind when you get in trouble haven't got a friend just take it easy they'll need your help again so when I'm gone gal take it easy I'm just worrying you off of my mind Now it ain't hard to live alone Just hard to be married and break up your home So when I'm gone, I'll take it easy Cause I'm just worrying you off of my mind But that's all right, that's all right for you. You need me some morning when I won't need you. So when I'm gone, I'll take it easy. Cause I'm just worrying you off of my mind. and my friend when I got my money they all come back again so when I'm gone I'll take it easy I'm just worrying you off of my mind my money and pretty women run hand in hand 
When they're in a squabble Taking some woman, man So when I'm gone I'll take it easy Cause I'm just worrying you Off of my mind Lonnie Johnson in Floodwater Blues from 1937, singing and accompanying himself. Boy, if anybody had the right to sing the blues, he certainly did. And before that, we heard the duet with Eddie Lang going as Blind Willie Dunn, along with Lonnie Johnson in Have to Change Keys to Play These Blues from 1928. This is At the Jazz Band Ball. I'm Kevin McLaughlin, and today we're listening to jazz guitarists of the 20s, 30s, and 40s. Nick Lucas, called the singing troubadour, was another one of those pioneers of jazz guitar from the 20s. had a big influence on those who came after him. He was born in Newark, New Jersey in 1897, lived for about 84 years. He also began with the banjo and had a significant vaudeville career singing and playing. His big hit was Tiptoe Through the Tulips, which you might recognize as Tiny Tim's big novelty hit in the 1960s. Well, we're not going to hear that one today, but here's an example of Nick Lucas's guitar playing. It's Picking the Guitar, 1922. has a ragtime flavor with a march chorus structure. He shows some good chops, I think. I think you'll enjoy it. Picking the Guitar, 1922. Nick Lucas. Thank you. 
Nick Lucas showing his guitar chops there in Picking the Guitar from 1922. We'll turn next now to the blues man Big Bill Brunzi. He was another who struggled early, but then became one of the best regarded exponents of his art in later life. His career began in the 20s when he played mostly country music, and then in the 30s and 40s he gravitated to blues. He made a few records in the 30s that sold only moderately well, but it got his name out there. And one turning point came in 1938 when the record producer John Hammond asked him to fill in for Robert Johnson at the last minute to appear on his famous Carnegie Hall concerts called From Spirituals to Swing. And what we're going to hear next is an excerpt from a radio interview that Big Bill did with the writer and broadcaster Studs Terkel in 1953. It's a pretty freewheeling interview um, where Brunzi and his guitar play some of the most famous blues that uh, he wrote. He wrote over 300. Really interesting, I think, is when he contrasts the blues with jazz in terms of rural versus urban styles. He mentions Lonnie Johnson, by the way, who we heard from earlier on the show, as a representative of the New Orleans jazz, contrasted with Brunzi's own blues tradition, including uh, differences in the treatment of chords and scales. Also, after some prodding by Studs Terkel, he plays his own plowhand blues as an example. Uh, I really like his playing and singing on this. See what you think. Here's Big Bill Brunzi with Studs Terkel in July of 1953. Uh, sitting across the mic here for me in a chair about the same size as mine, though the gentleman differs in size, Big Bill Brunzi, all six foot two of them. Big Bill, probably the great blues singer of our time, one of the great blues artists, and we're going to try to find out what makes Big Bill tick. Guitar you hear in the background. You once said to me another difference musically between the New Orleans singer and the Mississippi singers that the New Orleans man is more of a technical musician and not as well, much feeling as the uh, Mississippi. Well, I would, I, I would call it, I would call it that because the the. the the regular jazz, regular jazz, you'll have to, at least I, I said, I said, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, you'll have to give that to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Because those, because we do, we did play some jazz. We had fellas down there in Mississippi that, that did p- play jazz, but, but it wasn't, it wasn't uh, like the, the New Orleans jazz. I mean, you described the, uh, the guitar you play, the way you play it as plucking blue notes. Whereas Lonnie of New Orleans, Lonnie Johnson, would pluck chords. Give him just more well, feelingless. Well, you you take a fellow like Lonnie. If if he make a a blue note is a see if you make a chord like this, it should be C. Well, now uh, Lonnie would play a chord like that, or maybe one like this, you know, or like this. See, we 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 blue singers. We wouldn't we wouldn't play that. Here's what comes it's to you. It's the same thing. That's the way you play it. Yeah. How in Mississippi. Would, in Mississippi. Yeah. And how would the plowhand blues go? Mm-hmm. 
key of A. Mm -hmm. But now a real, real, real musician, he would even make A like this. In your case, there's more of your own feeling goes into it, so yeah, it's never the same way. We... For 40 years or more Oh, had it been my name Love for 40 years or more Lord, I'd have climbed through with pine Lord, trying to take care of my so-and-so I ain't gonna raise no more cotton Out of class, I ain't gonna try to raise no corn I ain't gonna raise no more cotton Lord, out of clang, won't try to raise no corn. Now, if a mule started running way with the world, oh Lord, out of clang, gonna let him go head on. I wouldn't tell a mule to get up. No, feet sit down in my lap. I wouldn't tell a mule to get up. No, feet sit down in my lap. I'd climb through it plain. Lord, that's what killed my old grandpa. Every night I'm hollering, would you get up in my sleep? Every night. I'm hollering, would you get up in my sleep? I'm always setting my back burned back. Oh, Lord, to keep my little plot from going too deep. Big Bill Brunzi in conversation with Studs Terkel from July 22nd, 1953 at WFMT in Chicago. Django Reinhardt may have been the most gifted but most obstacle-beset guitarist of them all. Born in 1910, a Romani, or gypsy, as was once the unenlightened term, he was given just 43 years of life on this earth. 
He was an outsider, distrusted and outcast by anyone not of his immediate clan, and during the German occupation of France, he was subjected to political as well as ethnic repression. When he was 18 years old, as his career was just beginning to take off, Django was burned in a fire which caused terrible injury to his whole right side, forcing him to walk with a cane the rest of his life. And it burned the two little fingers of his left hand, his fretting hand. Well, this led to a period of 18 months of retraining his hand and a total overhaul of this left-hand technique. Well, in Django lore, most said that his new two-finger technique made playing harder and that he succeeded in spite of it. But others, like Stefan Grappelli, said it was an advantage. They reasoned that playing with four fingers leads to complication and a split second of hesitation. Of course, you still have the problem of reach and efficiency. But somehow, for Django, this limitation gave him freedom and a lot of speed.
That was Crazy Rhythm, Django Reinhardt and Grip Pelly with the Hot Club of France in 1935. Well, thanks for joining me today for this look at some of the greatest jazz guitarists of the 20s, 30s, and 40s. There are so many and so little time, but I promise we'll do another one of these very soon. Well, if you're enjoying these podcasts, please write me and let me know. The show's email is kevin at at thejazzbandball.com. Also consider subscribing, won't you? You can do that on Substack. It's kevinmclaughlin.substack.com or Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or review while you're there. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with some more great jazz, but before I go, I'll leave you with one more guitarist. This is Charlie Christian, who was one of the first to establish the electric guitar in jazz, and he was a groundbreaker in another way, since he was one of the very first black musicians to be a regular member of an interracial ensemble, the Benny Goodman Band. He also died young, sadly, of tuberculosis at age 25. Here's Flying Home with Charlie Christian, Electric Guitar, and Benny Goodman and Company from 1939. And now the new group in the band, the Sextet, with Lionel at the vibraphones, Arthur Bernstein at the bass, uh, Nick Fatul at the drums, and our new discovery, Charles Christian at the Electric Guitar. Charlie's from Oklahoma, and we need to Big ball, Charlie. Charlie, I really think is one of the most terrific musicians that has been produced in years. And now we play Flying Home. <laughs> 